stuff. Good, very good. Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. Peace be multiplied. On last week, we talked about sometimes in life, we have to do what? You have to suck it up. Remember that. Y'all got that, right? Some things ain't going to change. You just have to deal with it, right? That's right. That's right. And the title of the message was Unconquered, right? And so there are things in our life that hinder us from being who God would have us to be or who we should be. And so we want to talk about that this morning. See, I'm not one of these pastors that like to talk about God, what he's going to do. I know what God is going to do. See, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Well, yeah, because we're in partnership, right? That's right? I'm in partnership with God, the, of course, the Holy Spirit, to help me to complete the journey that God has set me on. Does that make sense to you? So each person in here has a journey that God has sent you on. You're here for a purpose. You're not here just to be wasting air. That's right. Huh? We're all here for a purpose, right? And, you know, Mary's purpose was to do what? To birth Jesus. Somebody in here, your purpose could be to birth the next uh, a president uh, or uh, whatever, you see. But we all have a purpose, right? And, and uh, we want to talk about the things that uh, I've done this not too long ago, but this is one of my favorite messages because I think we all need it. There are things that hinder us from living the life that God has promised us. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? The scripture I've been using all year, what? Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Jesus says, but I come to give you life and life more abundant. So if he's given you life more abundantly and you run in this race of life, then there, Satan is going to do everything he can to hinder you. That's right. That's right. Right? There's, there's, there's things that's going to be put in your life to hinder you from running this race and completing the race that is for you to complete. Do you all understand that? And then uh, Paul does a great job. I always say Paul because they don't know who wrote Hebrews, but it's easy for me to say him. The writer of Hebrews lets us know that there are some things that we are responsible for. There are some things that we're responsible for, right? That's right. That's right. right? Let's look at it this way. If, if you had a lot of money, right? You'd like to have it, right? But you would be responsible how to handle it, how to invest it, right? Does that make sense? That's right. Well, th- see, you have gifts, talents, and abilities, okay? You have a, a, a beautiful journey ahead of you because that's what he said. I come to give you life and life more abundantly, right? So your life is to live a life of abundance. NIV says full. Well, there's a question here. What's hindering you? Well, here we go. All right. And he writes, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now, here's we can do this two ways. A great crowd of witnesses of people that's going on or a, people who are looking at how we're going to run our race. All right? And so then we need to do what? We need to find out what is hindering us, what is entangling us. All right? Are y'all with me? And let us run with perseverance. The race, what? That's marked out for us. Everybody in here has a race that's marked out for you. What is hindering you from running the race that's marked out for you? You see, what, you know, we talked track last week. We talked all kinds of sports. In track, they're called lanes. All right? And you got to run in your what? Lane. And when you get out of your lane, you get disqualified. That's right. Well, some people disqualify themselves. 
because they step out and get in the wrong lane. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, and if you run like, uh, uh, there's other races I'll talk about, but so if you stay in your lane, you're going to be okay. But when you get out of your lane, you're in trouble. You're going to get disqualified. There's some people probably in here, in this church, the reason you're not successful in life like you should be successful in life, you got in the wrong lane. Okay, all right, keep going. The pastor, that starts with perseverance. All right. Perseverance is continued effort or persistence in achieving something despite difficulties, failure, or delay. You got to do what? Persevere. I try to teach you all over here that, that, that life, ain't, life ain't, ain't easy. I don't know where they got that thing at. You see, there are some things you got to persevere through, right? That's right. It ain't going to change. You got to get through it. You got to, you got to remember what we said last week? There's some things, people, I hate to use this word, you just got to suck it up. It ain't going nowhere. You got to deal with it. Does that make sense? All right. Are you with me? And if you haven't had to do that, you keep living. That's right. There are certain things that are out of the hands of man. There are certain things that we would like to change, but they're not going to change. Does that make sense? We have children that get sick. We have divorces. That's fat part of life. We, we, bury, we bury our parents. We have to take care of parents. We bury spouses. All of these things. We lose kin people. We found, you know, we get, we go through a lot of things in life. That's right. That's right. And you just got to deal with those things. All right, here we go. Pastor, perseverance is also steadfastness. And you got to be steadfast. Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Be steadfast. Be steadfast and unmovable. You see, some people run into the wrong thing. Just be steadfast. All right? Because sometimes you run into something bigger than if you've just been steadfast where you're at. You're equipped to deal with that. That's right. Let me tell you something you may not know. You've got the tools to deal with anything in your life that comes up. That's right. All right? You have the tools to do that. But when you get into another lane, then you don't have the tools for that lane. That's right. All right? The voice says, let us drop every extra weight. Now, here's the key. We want to talk about that. The Bible says you need to drop every extra weight. Some of you are carrying weight that you ain't no business carrying. That's right. Uh, isn't that right? I watch that. I watch this sometimes, and I watch parents sometimes. They carry in the weight of a child that's grown. Come on, teach. You see? No, I'm tired. No, I'm, I'm you know, what's that thing they call the empty nest syndrome? Yeah. And folks be, uh, some folks get depressed with that. I, call, I got blessed with that. You understand what I'm talking about? You see? All right, so I'm not going to try to carry that weight, right? You see, some people carry other people's business. Ain't none, no, let them carry their own business. You're carrying that weight. Some people are carrying their past. It's too, it'll weigh you down, right? Okay, here we go. Bible also says every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace. See, something slacken. There's a, there's, I'm, a, I'm a timing guy. There's a time set for every one of us to be where God would have us to be. That's right. But some people, they don't make it in time. Do you all know something? Nobody, I'm going to tell you something that's going to say, ouch. Sometimes you run out of time. You see? Okay. And let us run with endurance the long race set before us. We got a long race set before us. 
Do you understand? A long way said before. So I can remember 40-something years ago thinking how this ministry would be. 46 years later, I'm still here. And hoping I got some more years to still be here. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a long race. This ain't no sprint. This is a marathon. That's right. All right? Let's go back to slackens, Pastor. Okay. Because we can't run it if we've got things slacking our pace. Okay. And that means to cause, to be late, or behind in movement or progress. Quit slacking. Get to where you need to be at the time you need to be there. You see, some people are, are I call them church lazy. You know, they'll do everything out here, but they'll slack in here. Well. You see, when you slack in here, then you slack in here. All right? Here we go. Slacking is also an easing up or relaxing of power or effort. So wh wh what are you easing up for? You got to keep pushing. And what did we say last week? You got to do what? Suck it up. You just got to keep moving. You see? You don't have time to say, I, I got to go. I got to do this. I got to get through this. Does that make sense? All right. And the Amplified says it this way. And I wanted it in three different words because I want, when you, one thing that I want you all to understand about this pastor. Pastor is trying to prepare you for a prepared place. That's right. The worst thing to be is an unprepared person in a prepared place. Do you understand it? Do you all know that all of you all are going to deal with some sicknesses? That's right. Some deaths? Some disappointments? That's just life. That's right. What pastor's trying to do is prepare you for those things because those things are coming. Isn't that right? That's right. Right? No, you know, I didn't get an amen last week when I told everybody, you know what you are? I'll do it again this week, Mario, again. You know what you're doing in here right now? Dying. That's right. Amen. Everybody in here is dying. That means you're getting closer to what? To the end. Every year you live, every day you live, you're getting closer to the end. Why waste this day? That's right. Amen. Why letting a bunch of foolishness hinder you from this day? That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Okay. Some of you looking at me crazy. Uh-huh. You'll be hearing it laying up in that bed. Tell me, I wish I had to listen. Go ahead. All right. So we're told. Let me go on back because I didn't get one. Back up. Come on. Get what you Do need. you know when I started my bucket list? 62146. That's right. That's when I was born. For you all don't know. That's right. Some of you in here, wait, wait till the kids get gone. You know how folks do. Wait till this happens. No, 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 no. Now. That's right. Now. I'm going to live my life now. And let nothing hinder me from living my life now. That's right. That's right. All right. If God promised it to me, I want to live it. He said it. Didn't he say it? Life and life more abundantly. That means now. Right. All right, I don't right. need to worry about that when I'm on the other side. I want it on this side. Okay. So listen up, church. Strip off every unnecessary weight. I love this. I want to come down here and talk to you. Uh, why are you carrying off that unnecessary weight with you? Come on. It ain't necessary. It is not necessary for you to be carrying something that happened to you 30 years ago, 20 years ago. What, what are you doing? All right, keep going. And the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. And the us. sin that what? So easily? And cleverly. Entangles us. Do you know what, what uh, sometimes bothers me? When some people go down the same road that damaged them, they go back down the same road again. Huh? 
expecting a different result. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You see, and y'all's pastor always tells you, don't let the same dog bite you twice. Right? This is what this is saying. Well, not like I'm saying it, but this is what it's saying. I'm asking you all in here today, everybody in here needs to take inventory of yourself. Are you living the life of fullness or abundance? And guess who's stopping you from it? You. All right, keep going. So let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. See, I'm running the race that's set before You see? And if you endure it, there's something at the end that's worth dealing with. Do you understand what I'm talking about? All right. As much stuff as done happened in this church in the last few weeks, we've had brothers, mothers, grandmothers, in the last two weeks, or three, five deaths in this church that people in this church had to deal with. You better get it. Because if it ain't knocked on your door, it's coming. That's right. You see? But if you run the race right, you'll be prepared for it. All right. But, Pastor, we're told the key is looking away from all that distracts us. Quit looking at things that distract you. You know what, what Jesus told him once, don't look. He who looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The other scripture said, don't look to the what? Left. And don't look right. to the right. Keep looking ahead. What, what is distracting? The key to it is this morning. I want everybody in here to take this lesson. What is distracting you to keep you from running the race that God would have you to run? Well, what is distracting you? You know, Lot's wife was doing okay for a minute. That's right. The scripture says she heard a voice calling. She what? Looked back. She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt, right? You all, some of you all are too young, but there used to be a man called Nat King Cole. Yes. Was a good singer. Yeah. Looking back over my life, I can see why I called you strife. If I could, and the word was, if I could do it all over again. Sometimes it's not an all over again. That's right. You got to get it right the first time. All right. Uh, I'm just so happy about this message. I think I'm going to say something else. <laughs> it takes a whole lot of somebody to sit at Christ Temple North and to listen to a person that's not giving you prosperity messages. I don't preach prosperity messages because Jesus says if you live it right, you have life and life abundant. That's right. I'm trying to teach you how to use the prosperity and to get to the prosperity that he has for you. That's right. All right? Okay. Now, it's going to get worse when we get down here, okay? Y'all feeling good now, but there's a word we're going to use that's going to help us out a little bit. Okay. In order to do that, Pastor, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Yes, here's the thing. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, now, here, when we fix our eyes on Jesus and the discipline that he had to endure the cross, he gave his very blood for us, right? That's right. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus and know what he done to bear his cross. Now, everybody in here has got a cross to bear. All right? But Jesus bared his cross, right? That's right? And none of us had to bear the cross where we had to give blood. But so we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, and we, we look at him as the role model of how he dealt with his cross. He bear, he, I mean, he dealt with his cross in a way that nobody else has had to deal with. Because as much as I love you all in here, it will not die for nobody up in here. All right? right you understand? No, no. Right. But he, he, hey, he was so disciplined 
to, to, for his calling that God had called him to do, listen to me, that he was willing to stay focused on what God called him to do, even up to giving his very life. That's right. That's so, right. so if he can do all that, then we can deal with this little stuff we got to deal with. That's right. All right. Here we go. Five, right? But it takes discipline, Pastor. Oh, yes. And we're told in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, he says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. When the Lord is disciplining you, there's a reason he's disciplining you. Do you know why I'm here? Because the Lord disciplined me. That's right. That's why I'm here today. Because the Lord disciplined me to get here. All right? There's some things that happened in my life that disciplined me. All right? Do you know why I'm also here? It's to show some of you all how to overcome certain things. But he disciplined me to do that. That's right. Everything that's ever been in my life that I figured it out, it was God was disciplining me for a reason. All right? Cancer and all. All of everything. Everything in my life, God was giving me discipline. And all those disciplines made me a better person. And when I became a better person, then I became a better pastor. All right? He continues and says, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. And don't lose heart when he rebukes you, because he's going to rebuke you. There's some of you sitting in here now. You're wondering why are you in that situation and sitting where you're at right now. He's disciplining you, right? Right? And I hear this a lot, especially with younger people. When I mean younger, younger than me, that means 50s and 40s, all right? They're talking about, I wish I had somebody in my life. And, and that's probably what they get is just somebody. All right. And instead of letting God discipline them, can you listen to what I'm saying? And letting God discipline you. You know why some people never get a good person? If you ain't fit, God ain't going to give you somebody that is fit. That's right. Come on. So he'll discipline you until you get fit. And when you get fit, I ain't talking, I'm talking mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You get fit, then he'll put somebody in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? God don't give a fit person junk. That's right. So he'll discipline us to clean us up. Teach. He'll discipline us to clean us up. Amen. Right? And then sometimes, you know, you want something. You know why sometimes God doesn't give you what you want? Say what, Pastor? Because you want that more than you want him. Well. And so he disciplines you until you figure out you need him more than you need him. Her. It. George, I had to say it. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't help myself, all right? That's right? Do you all see what I'm talking about? So in your life, no, if you look at life like this, that life is a learning session, life is a classroom, and you learn from the classroom of life and learn how to deal with these things, then you'll pass. All right? Remember, church, the Lord disciplines those he loves. He disciplines those he loves, right? So he loves you. We've got quiet there. Does God love you? Amen. Then he's got the right to discipline you. That's right. All right? And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Oh, yeah, he does. Endure hardship is discipline. Enduring hardship is discipline. It's just discipline. You're going to go through some things. It's just discipline. You know? I, teach you, I tell you all, all the times is you ought to see my diet. My diet is incredible. If you'd have told me a few years ago that I'd be eating raw vegetables... I'd have looked at you, you know, raw vegetables. You'd have told me a few years ago that I wasn't going to eat them honey buns. Huh? Because y'all know I'm a sugar junkie, right? 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 But God disciplined me to the point that, hey, raw vegetables taste good. 
That's right. If I'd eat a honey bug, I'd choke. Can't handle sugar. Because now God has disciplined me, and I've disciplined my body to the point that I don't need that fuel. That's right. Does that make sense? I, yeah, okay, I won't get into all that. Again, church, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. All right. For what children are not disciplined by their father? And he's, God is disciplined. I'm not talking about when stuff happens to other people. I'm talking about stuff happened to you. I'm talking about when things go to you. You see, when, when you know, the best way to learn how to handle money is when you don't have it. Right. Uh, uh. You, you see, you see, the best way to really get in a relationship that you really want is when you've been disciplined with loneliness. You see, so sometimes you have to go through something to appreciate what God has for you. So right. he disciplines you for that. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Well, the Bible tells us in verse 8 that if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. Wow. Not true sons and daughters if you're not, at all. If you ain't disciplined, then you're not a son or daughter of God. So that's what, if you're not disciplined, you're not. How many people like some things in here that's not good for me? Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so he disciplines us by taking those things away from us. That's right. So that we can appreciate him more. Does that make sense? You see, some people don't go to church because they, got, they think they got everything. And so he moves that everything away from them to get them back, those that are saved, to get them back where they need to be. That's I've right. seen it in this church many, many times. All right? Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us. Some, and of, we some of us, them. some of us, some of us. Right. You know, so some people are going to sit in here and say, well, I didn't. All right, you're supposed to have had. All right, so let's, let's don't go there, all right? You're supposed to have had, all right? And we respected them for it. Mm hmm. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? And I can help you with that. If you had a good father, and some of you probably did, that disciplined you, you appreciate it, didn't you? Amen. Some of us messed our lives up because we didn't have a father there to discipline us. That's right. Isn't that right? All right. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. Yeah. When someone loves you, they discipline you for a little while as they think is best for you. I'd have been a whole lot better man if I'd had a strong father. You see, I'd have been a whole lot better man if I'd had a strong father. Right. Some of you know what I'm talking about in here. All right? But God disciplines us for good. Now, when God comes into my life, he disciplines me for good. He disciplines me for good. And I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad he took away things that I loved. You see, you know, it's kind of like sugar. It's sweet, but it's killing you. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, both kind of sugars, huh? <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? That's right. <laughs> Keep it real, Pastor. Oh, yeah, y'all know that. That's right. Yeah. Some people are still paying for that sugar. All right, get, get me out of that. That's right. Churchy does this so that we may share in his holiness. He does this so we mean what? Share in his holiness. He wants to discipline us. He wants us to share in what? His holiness. God wants us to live a holy life. Let me tell you, when you live that holy life, ain't nothing like it. That's right. If I'd have known it was this good, I'd have done it years ago. All right? 
I'm doing this real soft because I, there's been a lot of stuff going on in this church. And you all need to be prepared for some of the stuff that you're going to have to deal with. That's right. Okay. Yep. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. No discipline means pleasant when nurses get back there, you know, somebody check. No discipline feels pleasant at the time. But painful. But painful. Later on, however. Let me see. Somebody that's had a good. Has anybody in this church had a point in their life where they said, I didn't know it at the time, but I thank God for some of them. We got whippings, old old folks, but I don't know what they do now. Corner, standing in the corner, whatever it is. We thank God for the times that we were disciplined. That's right. That's right. Right. And there are some people that's incarcerated would wish they had have been disciplined. You can't tell a person, a younger person, that they need that. Because most people don't figure out they need that until after it's already happened. That's right. All right? That's right. The Bible says later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. Sooner or later, it's going to come out all right. You, so, sooner or later, you come out all right. Do you know what I'm saying? Sooner or later, you'll come out all right. That's right. Am I doing all right? Well, you know what? You all know what I've been through. Come on. Yeah, and it was a great form of discipline. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm healthier now than I was before I dealt with the cancer thing because now I'm disciplined enough to do the things that I need to do to stay healthy. That's right. Do you understand? All right. Pastor, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. Don't you want that? Peace. When I go to my home, and I just love it, it's so peaceful, and it's peace. I don't have no foolishness, nothing carrying on in there. Amen. Yeah, just peace. Amen. God has given me peace of mind. Just because I just love peace of mind. Amen. And look at this beautiful church in here God's given us. You know, beautiful church in here. Yeah. The, the ponders will tell you one Easter Sunday, we as a two nineteen Indianas where our church was at, and it rained and the ceiling fell in. But we just kept hanging in there. And look where we at now. Amen. So we appreciate this. Some of you all think it's always been that. We appreciate this, but God disciplined us. Do you really love me? Easter Sunday, you all dressed up and the ceiling fall in. That's a true story. But we love it now. And I thought maybe God was telling us not to have a church. You know, Satan got to talking. Yeah. No, God was teaching us. So one of these days you're going to be somewhere where you have room and room to spare. That's right. Amen. All right. Verse 12, it says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Well. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. It's time for you to get yourself together. Quit being your feeble feet and lame and being disabled. You see, I must do this. I didn't know it would take. I could get it done that quick. See how smart I am, y'all? <laughs> see, you thought you was done, didn't you? I'm just getting started. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm just getting started, right? All right. All right. You see? All right. But again, we're talking about discipline, Pastor, which is training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. All right. 
So Galatians 5 and 7 says... That's what we're talking about here. Y'all getting that? That's what we do in this church. We're a church that prepares people to be in a prepared place. Period. Here we go. You were running a good race. Now, here's the question for some of you in here. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who, Who cut in on you? Think about it. You were really doing good. If you had discipline, you wouldn't let anybody cut in on you. That's right. When they run in track, and that's like the 1,500 meters, or 800 meters, after you do a lap, then you can cut in. And if you're smart, when I was coaching the kids, don't let them cut in on you. Right. You got to get out and don't let them cut in on you. And I've seen a lot of people run the first three laps good. Somebody cuts in on them on the third lap and they box them in. Right. So I'm asking you. Some of you are doing good in here, but I've been watching you. Been looking at your face. You ain't running like you used to run. Who cut in on you? Well, well. Here we go. Then we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, don't run aimlessly. Don't run just running. Where are you going? Yeah, Yeah, you know. Like little kids. You see little kids when they get to running? When you start coaching, the hardest thing to do for the little kids, that you stay in this lane, you stay in this lane, and then we say go, you run. They go everywhere. But everybody's lane, right? We got grown Christian folks doing the same thing. That's right. What are you doing? All right. Am I going slow enough in taking this right? Gwen preached this morning. I'm teaching today. All right. They, she preached this morning. Yeah. Some of you all need to get here and hear her. She's very sharp. I'm trying to get her to do it on Sundays, but she, I mean, the pulpit, because she says, yeah. the only difference is you just got a mic on. She's very sharp, very wise. And some of you need to be here. Some of you, you need to be in, your Bible, in Bible studies. What happened? You used to, you see. When were you the most happiest in your life? Who cut in? All right, what cut in? Well, Read that again, I like that. He says, I don't run aimlessly. He says, I don't run aimlessly. I come to church for a purpose. I come to Bible study for a purpose. I come to Sunday school for a purpose. Okay. I don't let my eyes drift off the finish line. Stays focused. On what God has called you to do. Don't look where? It says when I box. Don't look to where? Come on, folks. Don't look to the left or the right. right. And don't, don't look back. Yeah. Ain't nothing you can do back there to change nothing. That's right. All right? I'm keeping my eyes. I'm running. And I know where I'm running to. And I know what I'm running for. All right? He says, when I box, I don't throw punches in the air. See, if you watch boxing, I, yeah, they don't just throw punches. You see, you better be hitting something. That's right. <laughs> or something will be hitting you, right? You don't just throw punches in there. Well, that's what some of you are doing. Just punching. Just throwing. Ain't hitting nothing. You know what happens? You wore out. You get arm fatigue. And that's when you get knocked out. That's right. Because you waste too much energy. Sometimes, any married folk in here? 
Amen. Sometimes y'all make too much, throwing too many punches aimlessly. Get wore out. Don't need to be doing that. When I speak to my wife, it's about something that's important. We ain't just talking to be talking, saying things to be saying things. We mean what we say and we say what we mean. But we do it under the influence of the Holy Spirit. All right? Sister Sherry, one of the things that bothers me is setting up in church. Everybody sets up in church and looks cute. And then go home and throw those punches. She works in a domestic violence place. She knows what I'm talking about. Happens in the church just like any place else. That's right. Do you understand? Okay. How many believe in God in here? Then you know somebody needs this message. That's right. Get yourself together. Come on. All right. Instead, the writer says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. Sometimes you got to do what? And make your body your slave. Some of us understand, Brother DJ, we used to be a slave to our bodies. He's not afraid to do it. Him and I are not afraid to talk about where we came from. Some of you all are. But some of you can't say that you were because you're still there. But you have to discipline your body. That's right. Yes, or you'll become a slave to your body. Come on. Let me go over here. Man. You have to discipline your body or you'll be enslaved by your body. That's right. But once you discipline your body, your body becomes a slave to you. That's right. And you govern it. It doesn't govern you. That's right. You don't live in your emotions. You live in the spirit. Are you with me? Am I doing all right? All right. He says, so after all this, after I brought the gospel to others, I will still be qualified to win the prize. Yeah, after all this, he says, after I've given it to you, he says, I'm still qualified for the prize. I ain't giving nobody nothing in here that's going to keep me from winning mine. All right? That's why it takes self-discipline. That's right. Self-discipline. Self-discipline. It's the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses. So when you have what? Self-discipline. Get out of your emotions. Overcome your feelings. And deal with what you got to deal with. You see? Because when you get in your emotions, you become desperate. And desperate people do desperate, desperate things. things. All right? It's also the ability to pursue what one thinks is right despite temptations. To abandon it. No matter what's right, I'm going to do what's right. That's right. I'm not going to abandon what's right. When you come to church sometimes, you see, I was very like this today, and those messages like that people don't like, but I wanted to do a lecture today because there's a whole, y'all getting ready to go into holidays. It is the toughest time, and I hate holidays, the Christmases and uh, Thanksgivings, and it's a tough time, and you can't live in your emotions. Right. And some people got lost some folks. It's not going to be at that table this year. You understand? But you have to be very disciplined and love the people who are at the table. That's right. And, and that's hard to do. It's hard to do. Right. It's hard to do because if you're not careful, the past will rob you of the future. That's right. Or the, uh, that day. So that's I right. wanted to do something to prepare us for these holidays coming. Because there's a whole lot of folks that have been through some stuff up in here. And you have to be able to handle it. You've you got to be able to handle it. Because if you don't handle it, it'll handle you. That's right. And then when it handles you, you become desperate. And when you're desperate, you'll fall apart. 
That's right. It's, you understand what I'm saying? And I, we have some powerful people in here. I remember when Riley, remember his father, he buried his father on a Saturday and he was at his post on Sunday. That's hard to do. Uh, Donisha back there, sweetheart, lost her mother Saturday. She's sitting with her husband in church today. Yeah. That's where it goes in there. That's what we do here. I'm not going to try to give fantasy messages. It doesn't work. You see? But if you get what I'm telling you, if you get it, if you get what I'm telling you, you'll cry and you'll grieve, but you won't fall apart. That's right. That's right. All right? And lastly, self-discipline is correction or regulation of oneself. Sometimes you have to do what? Correct yourself. For the sake of improvement. For the sake of improvement. And again, that's why we're told in Proverbs chapter 4, do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Amen. Give God a hand clap. You can do better than that. I always appreciate certain people when they come. And when DJ's mom comes, I always appreciate that smile she gives me. I wish I had 100 people like you. I'd, st- I'd preach another 20 minutes. Right? <laughs> you see, and it's always good to see you and, and the rest of your family here. And it's good. They came from... Somebody tell me. Oregon. Oregon. Y'all got a beating last night, didn't you? All right. <laughs> yeah, but it's good to see them come in here. And she always, but you always bring a smile to my face because when you greet me, you make me feel really, really good. Everybody doesn't do that. But I'm proud. Yeah. All right, here we go. Isaacs, come up and do their gig. Come.